Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the podcast, episode 067. Is that right? No, we're 68. It's number 68, <laughs> podcast 68, everybody. And what's the podcast they're listening to? This is Coco and Daltz. I'm not Daltz. And I'm not Coco. And what we do here is we review movies. So our motto is real people, real reviews. And there's lots of ease in that real reviews. We're not going to tell you where they are, but you have to figure it out for yourself. You could go to our Facebook page or our Twitter page or our website or any of our podcast platforms and look it up if you're interested. You could. So what are we talking about this week, Coco? So what we are reviewing today is the final Star Wars trilogy, the Disney trilogy, the sequel trilogy, uh, episodes 7, 8, and 9. What's the official... What's the official name for this? Is it the sequel trilogy or is it the Disney trilogy? I think they're interchangeable. Okay. I don't think anybody cares because it blew. So <laughs> so there we go. It's blue? Really? That's all you need to know. Thank you for listening. All right. Good night. Good night. <laughs> so it's episode 7, 8, 9, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker. And we actually did two other episodes of the podcast reviewing the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. We were planning on doing them all three together, but the sequel trilogy sucks so bad that we did something else before we did this. Really? So they're not in order. Oh, yes. Not in order in terms of sequential of the podcast. Right. Right. Yeah. So we needed a break is what we needed. I, I, I specifically, I needed a break because <laughs> I didn't, if I saw another lightsaber, I was going to, you know, lose it, I think. Yeah. Daltz is not the world's biggest Star Wars fan. He just placates me by watching all the bad stuff that I like to watch. And this was bad. Well, so. it's, it's valuable relationship points, people. Like you could learn a lot from this situation. That's true. So the Disney trilogy is... I'm not really sure how to summarize it because it was just kind of <laughs> all over the place. There wasn't really give me the elevator one, pitch. Yeah, there wasn't really one through line for the whole trilogy. Like Which there should be. The original trilogy was good versus evil. Luke Skywalker is battling evil. He's battling his father. And the prequel trilogy was how Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader. Became and, evil. Yeah. And this trilogy, at best. All three movies kind of have one girl's <laughs> journey to becoming a Jedi Master. That's really kind of the only thing that ties all three of them together. Because so it the, was pretty messy. The first one was called uh, The Force Awakens. Yes, it was released, I believe, in 2015. And so to me, when we went to see that... No, we didn't go to see we that. We did not go see that. But we saw it Yeah, together. We, we watched it together. Um, and when I saw that, when I watched it with you was the first time I saw it. So... Uh, to me, I remember my reaction was, this is the original movie. This is the original <laughs> Star Wars remade, only the hero is now a heroine. And Daisy Ridley, I think her name is, yes. is now Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're playing the parts. And then we've got a bunch of other guys who are similar. So Oscar Isaac is playing the Han Solo character in terms of the wisecracker. And, but he's a member of the... The Republic or... Yeah, the Resistance. The Resistance, thank you. But he's still like the smart-ass guy. And then you've got um, R2-D2 and C-3PO are in this too. You've got other various factions. But so that one to me represented sort of like... This was Disney's big blowout, right? They're like, okay, (laughs) 
they had made Rogue One and they had done some other stuff, but this was like the big, okay, this is the first one of the new trilogy. Look how awesome we are. This is going to be great. And it was the same movie to me as the original Star Wars. And the fact that it's exactly the same as A New Hope is probably why it's the best movie of the Disney trilogy. <laughs> yeah, right. Because it's really hard to mess up right. A New Hope. Yeah. Like, and it it was. It, I had very high hopes for this trilogy after watching The Force Awakens because, yes, I understand it's a complete ripoff, but <laughs> the dialogue was witty. I thought all of the characters had good chemistry with right. each other. The acting was pretty good. The acting was pretty good. Yep. You have... Han Solo and Leia and uh, Luke returning at the very end, right, but but they're in. You it. know, Han and Leia are in it. It's really good to see them. It's Chewie. Good. Chewie's in it. C three PO and R two, like you said, were in it. Adam Driver as the villain, sort of like the Vader right. counterpart, right. because he's Vader's grandson, because he's Han and Leia's son. So, I was very optimistic mm-hmm. about the Disney trilogy after seeing this because even though it's a ripoff, it was an extremely well done ripoff. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I could overlook the fact that it wasn't original because it was so well done. You liked it a lot better than I did, that's for sure. And it yeah. was I think is because you're more of a fan of the canon than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking at it from a purely like not necessarily a newbie because I had seen all the original movies, the original trilogy movies, and I was a big fan of Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back as listener will attest after having listened to the sequential podcast that we've done on it. But uh, I was, so I was coming at it sort of like having at that point when we watched it, I had skipped the prequel trilogy. So I was coming into this thinking, all right, Star Wars is back. Let's do it. Let's do some fun stuff and it's going to be new. And no, it was the same movie. So (laughs) I think I was coming at it more, more like the general public, the Daltz, general populace. Daltz is a bitter, jaded Gen Xer. Right. Like when- <laughs> it's like, don't rip off my culture. These <laughs> these watershed moments from my youth and then just pass it off as new and creative. Like, how can you possibly do that, J.J. Abrams? <laughs> oh, we'll talk about J.J. Okay. We're going to talk more about J.J. Right. Dynamite. <laughs> exactly. So, but you liked it though, Coco. I did. I I really enjoyed it for all the reasons I just listed. It was extremely well done. Mm -hmm. And then, then The Last Jedi came out. So that's the next (laughs) one of the trilogy. Right. That's episode eight. Episode eight. Um, If you're following along in your scorecard at home. And nothing happened in The Last (laughs) Jedi. Like it was just two and a half hours of nothing. Yeah. It was was a long nothing. Yeah. This trilogy suffered from the fact, like I said off the top, that there was no plan in place. There wasn't one person who had kind of oversight and... Like like, George Lucas. Right, like in the first two trilogies, George Lucas, even if he didn't write Return of the Jedi, it was still based on his story and he still consulted on it. So, you know, you still had like the commonalities and... The cohesiveness, but with this... And the vision, the overall vision right, that he had. exactly. But with this trilogy, you have J.J. Abrams writing episode seven and then handing it off. Like, he sets up, like, a lot of storylines that Ryan Johnson didn't necessarily take in directions right. that I enjoyed in The Last Jedi. <laughs> and there were a lot of things... The first, When we saw The Last Jedi in the theater, I freaking hated it. I hated it so much. Like, it was awful. And we went back and we watched it on Disney Plus in anticipation of doing this podcast. As research. And I didn't dislike it as much. 
watching it the second time, but I'm not sure if that's because I knew it was going to be terrible, so my expectations were lowered, or if it's just on second viewing, it was just a smidge better. Like, I, I don't hate that Ryan Johnson just tried to blow up a lot of things Mm -hmm. and be really subversive. But Mm -hmm. I don't, first of all, I don't think this is the franchise that you can do that in. Like I think in maybe like a, maybe more of like a Marvel franchise, you can get away with that or something that's not as beloved as this particular franchise, but. And also don't try to set your own mark. Like don't try to put your own footprint on this particular franchise because it's or the, the ship has already sailed. Right. Like, Work within the parameters of what you've got and don't try to break out. Right. Like when even Mark Hamill is like, yeah, Luke's storyline was crap. Like, <laughs> and then he kind of reined it in a little bit because Disney, you know, came Yelled, down hard on him. You know? Yelled at him, yeah. <laughs> but Come on, I, Luke. I mean, yeah, there was so much in this movie. It, it was visually stunning, right. but just a lot of the storylines just fell flat. Like, and I, I know people, people who have seen this movie they you know we don't need to rehash everything but obviously the storyline like the subplot where they go to the casino planet was stupid (laughs) and pointless the benicio del toro character was stupid and pointless Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like they killed off captain phasma who could have been like a great you know number two villain behind kylo ren like she didn't have anything to do Mm -hmm. leia was completely sidelined and i realized that nobody could know that Carrie Fisher was going to die right. before episode nine filmed, but you don't need Holdo as a strong female right. admiral character because she you was have Laura Leia. Dern. Laura Dern played her. Right. Yeah. Like you don't need Laura Dern because you have a strong female. Yeah, that didn't feel right. Like, you know, resistance character in Carrie Fisher. She could have done so much more. And she's instead, got resistance chops already. Right. Like instead she's just in sick bay for the whole movie and they kill off Admiral Akbar when, you know, they injured Leia well, if you're going to have a character who's not Leia in command, it could have been Admiral Akbar because right. he already had a backstory and there was already a connection with and the we audience. And we were familiar with him. Yeah. And we were familiar with him. So when Holdo did light speed through Snoke's ship, that was a really visually stunning moment in the movie. And it was really kind of awesome, actually, except I didn't give a crap that her character sacrificed herself mm-hmm. so the rest of the resistance could get away mm-hmm. because I had no connection to that character because I'd only known her for 45 minutes. Whereas if it's Admiral Akbar, we've known him since like, right. you know, the original trilogy. So that would be a much more moving sacrifice. If you're going to kill him, kill him in that way rather than just right. like a blowout of the deck or what happened. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't even know if we saw him in that movie. No. Like, no. And, and then they were like, oh yeah, Admiral Akbar, you know, is dead. And I was like, what? Maybe he, maybe the actor <laughs> who played Admiral Akbar was asking for too much probably to star in the second movie and they <laughs> just wrote him out of it he he did a, a uh, Harrison Ford I'll only do it for 50 million and if, if you, you kill, kill my me, character yeah, off you know, so like, I never have to do this ever again so it's like a Dukes of Hazard situation where they <laughs> right, like totally. we're gonna bring in a different set of Dukes right where it's Coy and Vance for the one season <laughs> when Bo and Luke are holding out right there you <laughs> go people we got we how gotta, old are we <laughs> know, totally <laughs> So there, and uh, I'm, yeah, I mean, you're worked up about this. I can tell so much that there's steam coming out of your wrong with this movie. And like I said, I, I don't mind that he tried to be subversive. I just, I, I just don't think that this is the franchise that you should be doing that. Well, Ryan Johnson is a talented guy. He's done some 
very good movies. The, he did the one Knives we, Out. The one we most recently saw was Knives Out, which mm-hmm. was a very creative and well done and well directed movie. Um, he'd done other movies in the past that were pretty good. Um, was it Looper? I think that's the yeah, one. Yeah, Looper he's done. was yeah, also yeah. one of his. And so I think Looper was what got him this gig with Disney because he showed he could do pseudo science fiction he he showed he had the chops to do a sort of uh, science fiction approach with looper obviously star wars series being more science fiction um but i think you're right is i think that there was a there was just a lack of cohesion like the one thing that the first two trilogies had failings aside was they had a consistent voice Mm -hmm. and you've mentioned that in various ways too and i completely agree because you you brought that analysis that I did not see, but now I see it clearly. <laughs> and I'm not just, that's not just relationship points talking here. This is actually, yeah, right. This is insight. And you can see that George Lucas did the first movie, the, you know, The New Hope, first Star Wars. He wrote, directed uh, that one. Same thing with uh, the Jar Jar Binks debacle. But, oh, yeah. But in each one of those trilogies, those first two trilogies, story was by George Lucas. Mm-hmm. And so there was the foundation to build from. There were the characters that he had in mind. He had certain arcs in mind for each one of these characters over those three movies, each one of those three movies. You just didn't have a sense for that in this trilogy. You had right. you had it, you had very much what it was, was a bookend by mm-hmm. one director and then a middle movie by another director. And that's exactly what it felt like to me. And it's so difficult, like I said in a previous podcast, is that to do that middle movie without it making without making it feel like it's a filler movie. Like, mm-hmm. we need to get to the last chapter of this story, so we need a middle movie. It's, it's sort of like the middle act of a movie, right, or a play. Is it the first act that you're setting it up, and you're you're introducing the characters, and you're introducing the conflict? The second act is sort of like dealing a little bit with the conflict, and then the third act is the resolution of the contract, of the conflict, I should say. Uh, so you ha- it was almost like an extrapolation of that in this trilogy, is that that middle movie was just like... Is this even part of the series? Like you could almost watch mm-hmm. the first one and the third one, right. and not really miss much in the second. Not having watched the second one, yeah. So that's a bad sign with a trilogy. You want to, you want to be leading people to what, the next step, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I absolutely agree that it was not. It was not. There was no. There was no thread through the whole. Even yeah. though there were threads, uh-huh. there were characters and there were similar elements. But when you get down to it, it was like, if you're watching two and a half hours on this stuff, right. like, are you really going to commit to that second movie? So the same mm-hmm. in the same vein with the prequel trilogy, we track talking trash about A Phantom Menace. <laughs> it's like, you don't right. need to watch that movie. No. So in this, in the three trilogies we're talking about here, you watch the first three movies in the original trilogy. Maybe you bail when the angry teddy bears come on near the end. <laughs> at, at, you're bitter about the Ewoks. Uh, like, the oh Ewoks, my God. man, they're just... <laughs> They just, I don't know, it's like Muppet Show galore or whatever. But anyway, so pretty much that, that those three movies, they hold together really well. Mm-hmm. But then the prequel trilogy, you don't need to watch that first one. And then the Disney trilogy, if you're going to watch the entire thing, you don't really need to watch that middle one. I mean, it just, it just you're right. not missing much, really. Yeah. Because they rehash a lot of the stuff in the third one that you, that you might have missed in the second one. Yeah, like really, I think the... The only thing right off the top of my head I can think of that's a major plot development that you miss if you don't watch the second movie is that Snoke dies. Right. Like he, but you can kind of figure that out because there's a new villain in the third right. one. There's a new villain in the third one who had not remotely been alluded to at <laughs> right. all in the right. first two movies. Or, yeah, yeah. Suddenly he just shows up in the crawl that he's back because... 
Disney came down all over J.J. Abrams and said, you have to fix what Ryan Johnson effed up because the fanboys are pissed. Right. And so... And by the way, Snoke was a lot like Palpatine. Yeah. He was Palpatine-esque. So there wasn't really much difference. So so if you're going to do that, so here's where the thread part, here's where the, the through line comes in, is if you have J.J. Abrams writing all three of them, let's say. Which... I don't really know if that trilogy would have been a whole lot better if he had been writing it because he's a hack well, and no, his like, mystery boxes are... I. So my point is the yeah, same person uh-huh, writing yeah. the first three episodes, whether it's J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams or... Or if Ryan Johnson Or Ryan Johnson three, or, or Ron Howard right. or whoever happens you to be. You know what? I'll take Ron Howard at this point. Like <laughs> Mr. Solo, a, a Star Wars story. I mean, you know that the Ewoks would have returned if Ron Howard yeah. had done So if you have that, <laughs> at least you've got that commonality right. you've got that thread all the way through it and so there therefore you would have had some sort of palpatine introduction in the first one and then it would have gone all the way through to its logical conclusion rather than this random new guy who doesn't really have a backstory shows up and he's a villain and then oh by the way palpatine shows up in the third movie so like mm-hmm. There was it was just too jarring. It was like it was it wasn't a trilogy to me. It was like three separate yeah. movies made in with the same characters. It totally was. And before we move completely on to the rise of Skywalker, I just will say I'm dumping all over Ryan Johnson a lot here. I will, however, not dump on him for that whole thing where Kylo Ren tells Ray, "You're nobody. Your parents were just drunks and they sold you for drinking money." Like a lot of people were really outraged by that because. Ray is supposed to be a Skywalker or a Kenobi, or in the end, it turns out she's a Palpatine. Like she's supposed to have some kind of blood mm-hmm. of some the family, f- the Force in her. Yeah, that we've yeah. already been introduced to. So a lot of fans were incredibly upset about Kylo Ren telling her she's a nobody, and then J.J. Abrams having to retcon that in the third movie right. and be like, "Oh no, just kidding! I lied. You're actually a Palpatine." And it was all like, a dream. But you know that didn't surprise me because villains have been known to lie. So when or manipulate, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So when, you know, I heard that whole, like, you were nobody, your parents were drunks, I was like, this is going to totally get explained away in the third movie because that's villains lie, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if Kylo Ren were trying to get, like, some kind of psychological edge on yeah, Rey yeah. by making her think that she's, you know, nobody and she's not any kind of noble blood or whatever. So yeah. a lot of fans were really, really pissed off about that. I didn't really care. I'm like, eh. Whatever. It's going to be explained away. So, you know, and it was. And it was. Because The Rise of Skywalker was retconning. It was two and a half hours of retconning. It was. There was a lot of damage control, it seemed like. (laughs) And it was a lot of... This series, now, in fairness, this trilogy takes place in the age of social media at its at its height, right? Right. I mean, to this point in history. And so the prequel trilogy did not have that. Social media was a thing, but it wasn't nearly as... Well, the internet was a thing. The internet sure. was a thing. Like yeah. what was maybe MySpace was maybe a thing in right. like 1999. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, the internet's <laughs> been around uh, since the early to mid-90s, right? But yeah. in terms of social media, yeah. Like it wasn't really... Where I'm going with that is it wasn't really a factor. So right. the, the feedback that they're getting on that series, on that trilogy, was mainly critics and and maybe fanboys and that sort of thing so yeah and like aol chat rooms or something right and so yeah. they're reacting to like the jar jar binks thing was clearly a reaction so they, uh-huh. they scaled him back they listened but they didn't have the near volume of 
feedback that the Disney trilogy did. So the Disney trilogy has got all these, everybody's tweeting at the Disney trilogy like, this is trash, this is garbage. And so like, <laughs> it's piling up. This, this, the vitriol is piling up. So they had to react somehow. But you can tell because the first movie had this. And then the second movie didn't have so much of that. And then the third movie was this. You know, So it was, it was a very reactionary trilogy to me as opposed to the first two that seem to be like, we got this vision, we're going to go through with it. And I will say I'm now dumping all over J.J. Abrams as well, but, you know, the first movie, like Dalt said, that's a setup. Like, that sets up the next two movies. So I didn't mind the mystery boxes that he set up in the right. first movie because right. that's what you're supposed to do. Right. And if Ryan Johnson had done a competent job of <laughs> answering any of those questions in the second movie, the third movie probably wouldn't have turned out the way it turned out. But instead... You know, the original director of the third movie gets fired and then, you know, Disney like jams JJ in there and is like, you have to deal with this now because the second movie was trash. Even though the critics freaking love the second movie, the fans were just horrified by it as I understand because as I was you one, were. Yeah, you know, so the third movie was just, it wasn't as terrible as the second movie, but it was... I was I went into it with very low expectations mm-hmm. and they were you know I was like okay yeah this was fine whatever I yeah. wasn't blown away I wasn't pissed off I, I was, was just like okay whatever this is done I never have to revisit this which we then did because <laughs> now we're doing this podcast but like I don't I never have to rewatch like the second or third movies from this trilogy Well it's funny because I I'm sort of crapping all over the Disney trilogy um, but I didn't dislike it as much as you did. I, I still thought it was relatively entertaining. I liked Adam Driver uh, as uh, I, I want to say Darth Vader, but he was he was <laughs> Kylo Ren. Like he was a conflicted guy, and 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 Adam Driver at the time when he first took this role was not the Adam Driver we know now. So this was this was a, his time to shine, and he really did a great job in terms of putting his own mark on that character. That character was that character was much more wishy-washy than Darth Vader ever was. Oh, yeah, totally. And so that was a little bit disconcerting to me because when you look at a... You want to focus on a bad guy villain who has all his stuff together and has a... You know, he wants to conquer the world or he wants to be the emperor of all time or like there's a certain goal in mind. He didn't have that. And other than like, yes, your your majesty or whatever that he was talking to Paul Bettine about, like it was... He didn't seem like he was focused. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that was part of the intention because he was dealing with all the conflict inside him about his dad was Han Solo and his mom is uh, Princess Leia and all this sort of stuff. So there was there was the way that part was written, I don't I didn't think it really was cohesive. However, I thought that he did a really good job with what he had. I really liked Daisy Ridley. I thought she was really good. Um the other characters I, I thought were sort, and the other actors were kind of uh, parodies or or like a little bit more one one dimensional than in the other uh, trilogies, but they were they were still fine. I mean, the John Boyega character, he he was there was a lot of room there for him to do something because he was a former stormtrooper. So we, we had never seen any kind of insight into the life of a stormtrooper, at least in the trilogies. I know we had in some of the other like uh, Clone Wars and like the smaller things, the side projects and stuff like that, but not the main movies. And I thought that was a really fascinating thing. Like I've said in the past, is like when we watched this Disney trilogy for the first time, uh, that was the first time I realized 
that stormtroopers there was actually people in there. I thought they were robots. <laughs> yeah. Like I thought they were just like <laughs> like battle droids or something. Right. Like I thought they were just yeah. fake. You know, that's that would explain why there are such terrible shots and why they're, <laughs> you know, they're they're getting slaughtered by the hundreds in every scene is because they're just robots and who cares? But I thought that was a that was a storyline that should have been explored more rather than him being. I need to save my own skin. And like, it seemed like he was running away all the time and then he came back. Apparently the original director for the rise of Skywalker, his script had that character leading a stormtrooper insurrection. Oh yeah. In that movie. See, now that's and interesting then, to me. Yeah. And then, uh, that guy got fired and do we JJ, know that guy's name? Colin Trevorrow, Trevorrow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Something okay. like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so between John Boyega and Adam Driver, when we were watching this trilogy, you know, here at home, the the biggest word that just kept repeating in my mind over and over again was just waste. Yes. Like, yes. this trilogy was such a waste of all of the talent. The potential. Like, yeah, because Adam Driver got hired when he was just right on the upswing of his career, really taking off. Mm-hmm. He's an excellent actor. Mm-hmm. Like, he brought so much depth to that character. Like... I said this in the prequel trilogy episode, but like, look at Hayden Christensen basically playing Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. and then look at Adam Wren playing that same character. And Adam like, Driver. Adam, yeah, Adam Driver. Sorry. And like, there's no contest. Like, Adam Driver just blows Hayden Christensen right. out of the water. Yeah. So you have lost Adam Driver. Like, because you're misusing because him. Because you're misusing him. Like John Boyega, I've never seen him in any, anything else, but I've, I've read excellent reviews of stuff he has been in. He could have done so much more. Yeah, and my, he didn't. my criticism like, of him is not on his ability. Right, exactly. It's just sort of like, what, the where were they going just, with this guy? Yeah, like, uh-huh. I just, I, I was confused as to, is he going to help? Like, it seemed yeah. like he was just, it was always, it was so predictable to me. Right. He's like, I'm out of here. And then yeah. he would come back. And then and I'm out of here. And then he would come back and save the day. It's like, well. Yeah. He just screamed Ray a lot in the third movie. That was like all he had to do. <laughs> right. Like you right. had, at least for the first two movies, you had Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill all alive, all willing to come back. Mm-hmm. You wasted, I mean, Harrison Ford got a really good story in the first movie. I'm not upset I, yeah. about him, right. but you completely wasted Carrie Fisher, right. you completely wasted Mark Hamill on like a dumb out of character storyline for Luke. <laughs> the guy who played Palpatine in both of the first two trilogies was miraculously still alive. He should not have come back for this trilogy because that's total BS. But if you're going to bring him back, he's alive. Like It just uh, seemed like, like lazy script writing to me to bring yeah. back Palpatine. Like uh, Yeah, totally. But like every... You had all the ingredients, yep. like and so much more could have been done, but it was just such a waste because everything just balls were dropped right. all over the place right. with this trilogy between not allowing the actors to have good storylines, like not having good scripts, like everything well, just sucked. And I think that that comes down to, and I know I've said this before, but it's like the creativity by committee mm-hmm. is that Disney was in there in every meeting, probably yeah. every script meeting, every, every viewing of the dailies right like they were all over this whereas they didn't have that the the star wars crew did not have that pressure in the first two trilogies well and this is oh and i also want to say um and lando billy d is alive right but you basically waste him in the third movie by giving a major storyline to carrie russell Mm -hmm. who i love carrie russell because she was in felicity which is a jj abrams project from the 90s which is actually good throwback you don't need her character if you have somebody who already knows like all the shady characters in the universe right. and he can take you to Babu Frick, and like very you don't need likable characters. Right, right, exactly. So, but anyways, um, so sorry to, um, get off on a tangent there, but, uh, so 
Disney loved The Last Jedi. Like, they freaking loved it. And they were stunned when the fan reaction was awful. And J.J. Abrams, <laughs> I believe, it, it could have been him. It might have been Kathleen Kennedy. But I believe it was J.J. Abrams came out and was just like, oh, yeah, you know, Ryan did this thing. And, oh, you know, we're not really too sure about it. But that's crap. This is not the Blair Witch Project. This isn't people going out in the woods with, like, a handheld, you know, right. cam. And coming back with a final product. And coming back with a final product. like Exactly like Dalt said. Like, you know Disney was, like, watching the dailies. And they were signing off on everything. And so, and you can tell. Yeah. You can so, tell. I mean, the, the stuff that Disney does well at it's the the special effects were really good right the the uh the likable merchandising characters i didn't mind the porgs i know right, a lot of people like, hated the porgs yeah i didn't I mind the porgs i wasn't a big fan of them but those were there uh-huh. and so there was like we need to get this cutesy element in here to entice the littler kids in so they'll grow up to be star wars fans and so like there was all those things that were done well because disney does that well but there was not the there was not the to me it was not the adult factor of this story. Well, and I've I've heard the argument that ultimately Star Wars movies are for kids, and Absolutely. kids are gonna kids are gonna like these movies because you've got BB-8, you've got the Porgs, you've got Babu Frick. Like kids aren't really gonna care about the storylines too much, right? It's so the this effects is, and the characters, yeah. right? So this is just like a bunch of overgrown. Arrested development people belly aching <laughs> about this is not my you know trilogy, right. you know. But but every I mean every parent who has ever gone to see Frozen or <laughs> The Incredibles or Inside Out or any of those movies that were really successful, they were successful because they were good on two levels, right? They were good for the kids. The kids got an enjoyment out of the special effects and the laughs and the characters and the oh my gosh factor. And the adults got the, you know, like another example of that is Cars. One of the greatest animated movies by Pixar is it's so good on so many levels because it's about just these talking cars, which the kids will find entertaining. It's about Toe Mater who does a lot of fart jokes. And then it's like, <laughs> you know, there's all these other things. But then there's the other level for the adults and the adults are like, yeah, this is about alienation. This is about forgetting your hometown. This is about more than that. And so that's what the successful movies across the board, like E.T. is another one, another classic one, where it was about being alienated, not to be literal about it, but and also to be, you know, losing touch with where you're from and all that sort of stuff. This, I think that's what this particular trilogy lacked, was it was more about just... It, it was just trying to be too many things rather than be two simple stories. The simple story for the kids and the simple story for the adults. And it didn't have that. It was just all meshed together. I mean, if you're going to rip off A New Hope in The Force Awakens, why don't you just rip off The Empire Strikes Back <laughs> and Return of the Jedi right. for the next two movies well, and just make a few changes here and there because that's a su- successful formula. And I think that's, I, I might even said that when we reviewed, uh, when we first saw the Last Jedi, I think it was. It's like, well, I was expecting the next movie in the trilogy because uh, The Force Awakens was Star Wars. I was expecting The Last Jedi to be The Empire Strikes Back-esque, and mm-hmm. it was not. And then I was expecting, in turn, The the Rise of Skywalker to be Revenge, Return of the Jedi. And it, it, exactly, you're right. I mean, if they had held to at least some of the framework of that story, it would have been a lot more... It would have been a lot more consistent and there would have been a through line it's just again where i'm harping on the same thing but it just didn't feel like a cohesive no like you 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 should be able to watch a trilogy theoretically one after the other like in the same sitting like we did Mm -hmm. and feel like you're watching the same movie 
theoretically, right? Like one big, long movie. And I didn't get that sense at all from the Disney trilogy. It was like, this is three movies. And that's the thing I don't understand about Disney is that they also did the Marvel movies. And they had like... So well. Yeah, those were so well done. And they had like one guy who was kind of shepherding everything, Mm -hmm. like just overseeing that... And that was a massive freaking franchise. That was what, like 22, 23 movies over like 10 years. And you've got to have continuity and you've got to, yeah. So I don't know. And that's even, I would argue that's more uh, pressure because you've got characters that exist already. Right. Like you've got, you've got comic book characters that people have a huge following for and liking for. Whereas Star Wars, you have, yes, you have the basic characters, but the idea is that you can make up new characters and you have a right. blank slate every time. You didn't have that with Marvel. So there's a lot of pressure there. And when George Lucas sold the franchise to Disney, he had outlines for these three movies that he was like, hey, you want to see these? And they were like, nah, man, we're good. And I'm like, I've, I've read a little bit about what could have been in them. And I'm like, well, maybe that part might have not been so great. But it's like, you know, when the guy who masterminded yeah. the franchise that you were buying for just bucket loads of money when he says these are my ideas for like the final trilogy like why don't why don't you look at those right you know instead of like throwing them out and letting jj abrams like go wild do with whatever his, he wants to do yeah with his mystery boxes and then his fan service in the final movie which if it had been done well i would have been all over it like when luke raised the x-wing out of the water yeah. on a whatever irish island he was yep. on like if that had been like done well, I would have been like, oh my God, it's just like when Yoda raised it out of Dagobah. But because at that point, I was just like so tired of everything and I wanted it to be over. I was like, oh, look, he's ripping off Yoda doing this on Dagobah, you know. Total like, obvi. Right. So it was, there was just so much, you know, because they were feeling the pressure, you know, to please the fans. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was just so much crammed in there and it was just not not awesome it was just it was the whole trilogy was just a waste it was just disappointing and a waste so maybe there's a a case here for john favreau to be (laughs) the new showrunner (laughs) for the next trilogy if there's gonna be one i mean do we know what's happening next well allegedly ryan so ryan johnson and the guys who did game of thrones i think were both supposed to do non- like Skywalker saga, Star Wars trilogies. Mm-hmm. Like one-off? Oh, trilogies, okay. Yeah, but um, I know the Game of Thrones guys, like their stuff got put on hold after the final season of Game of Thrones. Like people hated it. <laughs> and I believe the Ryan Johnson trilogy might be on hold as well, but I could be wrong So they were about separate that. trilogies. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure. I think Disney is backing off because... Disney has had a really bad experience releasing Star Wars movies, aside from The Force Awakens and Rogue One. Like, I think they've backed off on the movies and they're focusing everything on Disney Plus, which I will say because The Mandalorian is so well done because you've got Favreau. And that's where I was was going with the Favreau for people who don't know is that he's the showrunner on the Mandalorian series. Yeah. So I know that they plan on doing a series for Obi-Wan with Ewan McGregor, which was supposed to be a movie. And then when Solo like laid an egg, they they were like, maybe we'll do a series instead. And there's also supposed to be a series about uh, Cash and Andor, who was played by Diego Luna in Rogue One, his character, which I'm, I'm going to watch the hell out of the Obi-Wan and Cash and Andor series. Mm -hmm. Like, sorry to Well, Rogue One was good, right? I mean, Rogue One was. So this is another thing about the Disney Star Wars films is that they have all had very troubled productions, <laughs> but Rogue One and The Force Awakens being the first two that were released, like the end product was like so excellent for both of them that like, 
you know, it it kind of disguised the fact that there was chaos behind the scenes. Even those two had chaos. Yeah, uh huh. Those two might have actually been the most chaotic. Like I think on Rogue One, the director was like replaced midway through filming, and by Ron he, Howard, not by Ron Howard. <laughs> and then uh, I'm just going to insert his name everywhere because he took over for the, the solo movie. Actually, the same thing might have happened on the. No, I don't think this. I don't know. I don't remember what happened on The Force Awakens, but but yeah, then like on Solo, like the kid who played Han Solo needed like acting lessons, and that's the movie that Ron Howard took over right. midway through. Like, well, and so yeah. I know we talked about this when we reviewed that, but it's like that's a that's an alarm. Not only that he needed acting lessons, but also that that got out. <laughs> right, totally. Like you think that if they're if they're protecting their interest and their investment in any way, shape, or form, they're not letting it get out that the lead for one of the most iconic movie star movie roles of all time is taking acting lessons. Right, exactly. That's a bad sign. And this is another thing also. I don't understand why Disney paid so much money for the I mean, you can slap Star Wars on anything and it's going to make a billion dollars. So I get why they bought it from that perspective, but there's also a very passionate rabid fan base that comes along with that and I don't understand why you're going to spend all this money on this franchise with everything that could go along with that if you're just going to treat it like crap and you're, it's just going to be utterly chaotic. I, I like, don't think they treated it like crap. I think they over-treated it. I think that's what happened is it was just, there was just too many cooks in the kitchen on this one. Yeah. And they were, they realized they had all this pressure on them. They realized what was at stake and all the power players were in there trying to make Bob Iger happy. And I just <laughs> think it just, it just got away from them. I, th- I think that if they had to set up like a, you know, like a, like if they let a different studio under the same Disney arm handle it, mm-hmm. like in the olden days when they used to do Cocoon and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like Buena Vista. Yeah, Buena Vista, exactly. Thank you. When they would set up this like so-called independent studio within the same uh, realm so they could do all their own stuff on their side, even with like what Pixar is in some ways, um, and just let them do what they want to do and not have people dropping in every three days to check in on what's going on. Uh, I think it would have been a lot better, a lot better production. But it's, it, I don't disagree with anything you said, really. I mean, I, I didn't dislike it as much as you did, but I didn't have as high hopes as you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Well, I will say, uh, right around the time the Rise of Skywalker came out, I, I can't remember where I saw it. It, it might have been on like BuzzFeed or something, but somebody posted on Reddit anonymously, um, <laughs> and this person was. Clearly, J.J. Abrams, or J.J.'s wife, or J.J.'s assistant, <laughs> or J.J.'s like agent. A.A. Jabrams or something like <laughs> exactly. that? Exactly. Or, you know, his agent's assistant. It was somebody with a very low degree of separation from J.J. Abrams. Wow. And I, I clicked through and I read, like, at the time, like, it was like an 80-page thread. So God knows what it, you know, <laughs> got up to after that. But this person was just like oh my God, you guys, like JJ had so many great ideas for this movie, but like Bob Iger and Kathleen Kennedy, they were so upset about the fan backlash to uh, The Last Jedi that JJ wasn't able to do like anything he wanted. Like he filmed all these great scenes and, you know, Bob Iger just like cut them from the final movie. And so, you know, there's like a JJ edit out there. And, (laughs) you know, if you guys could just see it, you would know that it was like so awesome. And like JJ like really came through for you but it was just like you know disney like totally like kept him down man and like (laughs) half the people who commented on this thread were just like release the jj edit like they just bought it hook line and sinker and then the other half were like really (laughs) like look at look at jj's track record like no it was 
it there's no way even if a director's cut does exist that it can be that good well that's just like, an easy out too right like as any director can can attest to that it's like oh, i had a dip if it's successful they're like this is my movie right if it's not successful they're like oh i had a different vision for this and it was not realized by the studio <laughs> right. you know right. like yeah. really i mean yeah like i said we've all we've all seen his track record and we know that's well jj abrams the brain child behind lost right lost. yeah which people are still angry about like right. 10 years later right and every star trek fan i know is very <laughs> upset about the way he's handled those movies so oh yeah well quentin tarantino's doing the new star trek so <laughs> so there's be gonna be a lot more f-bombs be careful what you wish for <laughs> star trekians <laughs> i'm a effing doctor jim not a not a effing cowboy or whatever snakes on the enterprise i don't want no <laughs> GD snakes on the Enterprise, and some somehow some n words are going to get thrown around. Oh, and, uh, it's just going to be awful. Yeah, it's going to be awful. We're we're going to have to watch that, but I think we're going to have to be pretty drunk to watch that. <laughs> well, the last Quentin Tarantino movie that we watched that everybody loved, we did not like. Yeah, that's, so that is true. It might be one of those things where he just touches it and everybody loves it. Although. We did like Brad Pitt's performance in that, and he did win an Oscar. So True. we got something True. something right. Like, well, in the Brad Pitt Oscar, not discounting his performance in that movie, but he's been better in other movies that he yeah. did not get an Oscar for. This is uh, Brad Pitt's in his 50s. It's time to give him an Oscar. Yeah, exactly. He's been around for 30 years, so uh, yeah. not discounting Brad Pitt as a producer or an actor, but right, you right. know that's that's how it works. Everybody knows. That's why Leonardo DiCaprio got the Oscar for the movie he did and not something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's that helps. Yeah. So, so do you have any uh, final words of wisdom on the Disney trilogy, aka so, the sequel trilogy? As we are wrapping up all of these trilogies yes. in this podcast, because we've Finally. now seen nine movies, and Thank God. who knows how many hours of time? I'm sure there's somewhere uh, that we could add all that up, but it's it's more than nine hours. Let me tell oh, you, it's yeah. nine movies. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking at probably 18 hours. Well, no more than that. Probably about 24 hours. Yeah, because all of the prequels and sequels are like two and a half hours each, and then I think the original trilogy is like in the two to two and a half hour range as well. So yeah, we're probably looking at 22 to 24 hours. The director is looking at me and saying it's in your notes. I can tell by <laughs> just the way he's looking at me. But it's like okay, whatever. We after having watched all those movies in a very I, short amount of time in a very short amount of time which I'm, I don't think that's an unusual thing with right. this trilogy and within these pandemic times that we are in um, but I would say that if you just watch the first three the original three the Star Wars Empire Strikes Back Return of the Jedi and then shut off Return of the Jedi before the victory dance by the angry bears at the end <laughs> I think that that's a pretty pleasurable experience and you don't need to go any further I, I, I would hazard a guess if you want to go further and you go into the prequel trilogies, and this is my personal opinion, obviously, if you go into the prequel trilogies, just skip right over Phantom Menace, you know, give a salute to Liam Neeson and say, sorry about that. And then watch the last two and then you can shut it down. Yeah. But if you're a fanboy and you want to see the characters, you want to see what the force looks like in a generation after Leia and Skywalker, then you can watch the Disney uh, sequels. I I wish Disney would just come out right now and say episodes eight and nine are being made non-canon and <laughs> bring in like other people and be like, redo, we got a mulligan on these two. Like let's, you know. like well, let, Now that's a good idea. Let's see if we can bring back like Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and Oscar Isaac and 
you know, maybe Mark Hamill, like he'd probably be up for it. And let's just redo episodes eight and nine. And these were like Kylo Ren's bad dream. Like you said, these like, were practice ones, you know, Pam Ewing wakes up and Bobby's in the shower. Like <laughs> let's, you know, like we're episodes eight and nine are non-canon and we're going to redo those. Now, see, that would be interesting. And that would not be a surprise. Yeah. The things that happen in Hollywood, it would not be stunning. It'd be like, oh yeah, those didn't really happen. Here's really the eight and nine episodes. Kathleen Kennedy, call us. <laughs> we got, we got we, ideas. We got some script ideas for yeah, that. Yeah, we one. got ideas, and you can uh, get a hold of us at Coco and Dalts Kathleen at gmail dot com. That's all one word. The and is spelled out. Coco and Dalts at gmail dot com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Coco and Dalts. You can also find us on our website Coco and Dalts at gmail dot com, which uh, we're going through a redesign. So bear with us. Are we really? We're we're going to. I'm going to get around to that. All right. So in the next uh, few weeks, be on the lookout for an all new look. And on the p- website, I should say we also have book reviews and music reviews too. Yeah, so we we do. In it addition all. to video or uh, podcasts and reviews of all the movies that we've watched, and you can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, and YouTube. And we are soon to be on IMDb. We have submitted. We just need to get approved. We're on there. We just need to improve what we've got on there. We don't need to improve anything. We're perfectly imperfect. (laughs) We are what we are, as listener will attest, (laughs) after 68 episodes. 68 episodes. Thank you for making it this far with us. Yes, thank you very much if you actually listened all the way through to this episode as well. Please give us some feedback. Uh, Send us an email. Even if you're not Kathleen Kennedy, slide into <laughs> our DMs on Twitter and Facebook. Let us know what you think of the podcast, what you want to hear in the future, what you think of what we've done in the past. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And also coming soon to the podcast world of Coco Adults, a special Canada Day edition in which we talk about some of the finer moments that we've enjoyed of that country's culture in the last little while. Because one of us is a bona fide Canadian. And one of us wants to be a Canadian. (laughs) So for another episode, thank you for listening. I'm not Dalts. And I'm not Coco. 